0: this message was recorded at the redeemed christian church of god salvation center where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny we pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message us as we look into your word of life and take all glory and honor unto yourself in jesus mighty name amen praise the lord you may please be seated You know, you you may or may not know this, but the city of Jerusalem is claimed as a holy city by the Jews, by the Christians, and the Muslims. Amen. So that's one city that everybody is saying is sacred to us. And that's why it's important for us to continue to pray for the peace of it and the peace of the region. You know, the world is such a small place now that when trouble breaks in one part, it spreads all over the world. The, the impact of it. So if not for the sake of Israel, you know, uh, for your own good, for my own good, we ought to pray. Amen. So last week we kicked off a new sermon series that I called Bridge Builders. How many people were here for that? The bridge builders. And last week we talked about what? Forgiveness. It's not a trick question. You know, I think many of you, a lot of times, you think I want to trick you. And by now you should know that uh, I don't do that. (laughs) You know, one of the things I found is this. Unforgiveness is double jeopardy. Unforgiveness is what? It's double jeopardy. Think about this. Someone has wronged you. They have cost you an injury. And now, because of what they have done to you, you can't forgive them. And every time you now see them, your stomach is boiling. You know, if you are in an environment and they're there and they're laughing, you are asking yourself, what's so funny that she's laughing? (laughs) So not only have they injured you, now because of them you have lost your peace. That is why the best thing to do when it comes to unforgiveness is to let go. And to let go means to forgive. The Lord will grant us the grace to let go and to forgive in the name of Jesus. One thing that is important for us to note is this. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 1, New KJV. Luke chapter 17 verse 1. Jesus said, if you have the red letter Bible, this will be in red print. Jesus said to his disciples, He said, It is impossible that no offenses should come. So, what's Jesus saying to us? In fact, the Christian Standard Bible says, offense must come. So that you will be offended is a guarantee. Somebody is going to do something. So whatever, that is going to piss you off. So anytime someone offends you, let it be a reminder to you that the scripture is true. Jesus said it. And they are fulfilling. They are just fulfilling scripture. But if you read further down, Jesus now said, he said, if anybody sins against you, he said you must forgive them. And he said when they sin 70 times, 7 times in one day, you will forgive them. So on the 491st offense, that's when you are permitted not to forgive. In one day. And it's not multiple offenses. It's one offense. So let's say they lied. They lied against you. they have to lie 491 times in one day before you are now permitted to say I don't forgive amen if you know such a person that's the definition of a madman that will offend you on the same offense 491 times in one day you should run far from that person (laughs) praise the Lord but you know what happens with many of us We keep score. The Bible says, love does not take record of evil. So we say things like, oh, that's what she did two weeks ago. And then she did it again two days ago. And now she did it again today. It's just one per day. Just one time each day. I say, I I, I can't deal with them. I know it's easy to walk away from challenging relationships. It's easier to walk away than to work it out. But what God expects of us is for us to work things out with our neighbors. So as we continue today, uh, going through bridge builders, uh, today I'll be talking about reach out and touch. Reach out and touch. Touch someone with hospitality, and touch them. With kindness The Bible says in First Peter chapter four verse 10, First Peter chapter four verse 10, it says, "God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another." Interesting, God is saying that every one of us is loaded with gifts. I'm gifted, you are gifted. There's so many things that we can do. And it's saying the gift that God has given to you, the purpose of the gift of God on your life and my life is to serve other people. The gift is not a bragging right. Can you prophesy? I can prophesy. Can you pray? If fact, last night I prayed three hours. What, what, what was your prayer point that you prayed for three hours? Unless there's intercession in there, that's, uh, you know what I'm saying. So it says, serve one another. Serve one another. The reason no one person has all the resources in this life is so that we can share with each other. That's why somebody will be good with speaking. And somebody else may not be good with speaking, but they are good with writing. So the one that is good with speaking and the one that is good with writing can collaborate together and do great things for God. The gift of God upon our lives is not for bragging. is to serve one another. And commitment to God means commitment to his people. So if I say I'm committed to God, you know, the definition of my commitment to God is going to be measured by my commitment to people. So God created us as individuals and created interdependencies so that where I am weak, you will be strong and you can help me. You know, we traveled to Atlanta together uh, a while back uh, with Mommy and Daddy Raywole, and I saw Daddy Raywole in action. I mean, he preached to total stranger in five minutes and got them to accept the Gideon's Bible. In five minutes, five minutes. I couldn't do it. You know I talk too much anyway. So <laughs> The introduction and the landing. I'm still in introduction right now. <laughs> But in five minutes, he was able to tell that person about the love of Christ. And then he brought out the Gideon's Bible. Say, said, you know, uh, in this Bible, there are various sections. You see scripture on encouragement, on fear, on this. Whatever it is you are going through, God has an answer for it. Would you like to have one? Who will say no to such an offer? And I think he did it twice on that trip. So we are all gifted differently. Your gift may not be that, but you are gifted. The only thing you are not permitted to do is to sit on your gift. You have to use your gift to bless other people. You know, there's a story I read (laughs) about something that happened during the American Revolution. The story goes thus, like this, that uh, there were a bunch of soldiers that were fixing their... Uh, defense line. You know, uh, sandbag and this and that. They were fixing the, uh, 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 the defense line. And uh, there was somebody yelling command to them. You do this, you do that, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. And as he's yelling at them, you could see that those soldiers were tired. Exhausted. And he wouldn't lift a finger to help them. He was just barking out commands. And then there was a gentleman that was in civilian clothes that was going by on the horse. And he stopped to ask what was going on. The guy then introduced himself. He said, I'm the corporal. And these are my soldiers. And I'm getting them to do their job. So the gentleman got off his horse and joined the soldiers and helped them do the work they were doing tired and exhausted and when they were done fixing it, he looked at the gentleman, said Mr. Corporal, the next time you have an assignment that is so daunting and your men are tired and they need help you can call your commander in chief and let him know that you need help and he will come and help you again, guess what that was George Washington in Mufti, the general, the president, the commander-in-chief himself that got down and helped them. Amen? Too many of us have uh, what I call hierarchical mindsets. I'm the H-O-D. And all the little people, you better line up, otherwise you won't sing next Sunday. Press aside <laughs> but the expectation of God when you see the example of Jesus, Jesus was not barking out command to his disciples. In fact, at a point, he decided to go on his knee and began to wash their feet. Wash their feet. He understood what they were going through and he He identified with what they were going through. He didn't knock them down. That's the same, the the, the mindset you see in in John chapter 8, for example, when the woman that was caught in adultery was brought to Jesus. The people said, this is what the law of Moses said. He said, we should stone her. What say you? And Jesus did two things. He applied wisdom, and he was very courageous. Someone say wisdom. Wisdom. Courage. Courage. Listen to this. So they brought the woman, and Jesus said, he said, the one that has never sinned before, let him cast the first stone. What's he saying? Before you begin to judge people, how terrible what they have done is, First of all, take a self-reflection. Look at yourself. Amen? And the moment Jesus said that, he, they, one by one, they dropped the stone. I want us from now going forward, we're talking about building bridges, right? Yes. Building bridges. I want us to look at other people with great compassion in our hearts. In fact, one of the tenets of our faith is love. Love is central to Christianity. You remove love from Christianity, you have nothing. It all started with Jesus, didn't it? John 3, 16. It said, for God so loved the world. Before anything happened, love happened. We must have compassion for one another. And as you see people struggling with what they are struggling with, don't talk about it. You know, it's easy, you see somebody that's been challenged, and then you meet somebody else, and you're talking about, oh, wow, such and such is going through. They are going through. It's that me to have noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this. Many years ago, of course, many, many years ago, I wore shirts that were ripped in the collar. Because I I wear them very proudly. I wash it clean, starch it. If you look at everything else, it's good. It's just the collar. I don't know how many people saw that and thought it was funny. Suddenly, nobody gave me any (laughs) shirts. Nobody. When you see someone going through, if God has given you myths, it is your responsibility and my responsibility to rise up to the occasion. Let's quickly get into it so we can wrap this up. Open your Bibles with me to Luke. Luke chapter 10. This will be our text. Very famous uh, scripture. Uh, You probably know the story. Luke chapter 10, we read from 28 to 37. Let's take it from 25, if you don't mind. 25 to 37. So one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus re- replied, Say, so what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as thyself, as yourself. Verse 28, right, Jesus told him, Do this and you will live. You know, it's it's informative to note that he asked a good question. But he asked a question with bad intent. He asked the question to get him. Not that he was seeking to know, he already knew. So he asked him the question to get him. And what did Jesus do? Jesus redirected him to their own, the law of Moses. He said, how does the law read? You know why? Because Jesus knew he was a lawyer. And as a lawyer, he knows the law. At least you hope. <laughs> uh, where's Tony? <laughs> so if you are going to engage Tony as an immigration lawyer, you know he better know immigration law. <laughs> Amen? So Jesus knew he was a lawyer. So he asked himself, what does the law say? Ah, the law says this, the law says that. Do you know that is the story of many Christians today? We know what God says to do, but is that what we do? Amen? If we're going to build bridges, we have to begin to leave the scripture. Amen? So Jesus told him, he said, go and go do what the, 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 the law says to you for you to do. You see that, When when George Washington saw those men struggling, he could have ordered the corporal as a commander-in-chief, but he chose not to do that. He chose to demonstrate it for him. My prayer is that many of us, from now going forward, you see somebody in need, you'll be able to get in the trenches with them to help them, to support them. It's a glorious thing, an amazing thing, to see somebody that was down and help them up and now see them flying. There's a gentleman that God helped me to help. Many years ago, uh, I worked uh, at a veterinary clinic in the northern part of Nigeria. I was a resident veterinarian. And this young man came, applied to wash dog kennels. You know, after I observed him for a couple of weeks, So I called him into my office one day. I said, look, this is not a career. You know that, right? He said, yes, sir. So I said, what's your problem? You are too young to be washing Kennel. What's your problem? He said, I need money for jam. There's an exam you have to take, kind of like uh, SAT, kind of like SAT. He said, and because I have been out of school for so long, I need to take preparatory classes before I can take jam. I said, how much is it? Don't forget, my broke self. <laughs> you know? So he told me, but within the confines of my brokenness, I could still afford to do that. So I paid. I paid for the prep class, and I paid for the exam. Then, before he finished, I left the city. I went back. Uh, I left the city, in short. Do you know that guy today is uh, the equivalent of a CPA working with Nigerian police force, heading the accounting unit in the police force. Every time I see him, my heart leaps for joy. My heart leaps for joy. Any time he hears I'm in Nigeria, he will travel from wherever he is to come and see me. Still remembers. It is an exciting thing to be able to lift up another, to reach out and make a difference in somebody else's life. I think the culture we live in now has uh, promoted this uh, kind of like an, an elitist society where it is more fun for me to show what I have and you don't have. Instead of reaching out and helping somebody else. Lifting them up. Helping them get there. Adding value to other people. Let's jump to verse 30 very quickly. This is really where I'm going. The story of the Good Samaritan. Verse 30. Jesus replied with a story. replied to his question and his response to Jesus. He says, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. When he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed by him. A temple assistant walked over, looked at him lying there But I I, I looked at him lying there. He also passed by the other side and left him there. Then a despised Samaritan. I love the clarity of scriptures. That's why I like uh, New Living Translation. He said, then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. He what? He felt compassion for him. Next verse. Going over to him, the Samaritan, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Listen, for him to put him on his donkey, what it means is he's now walking by foot and the man is riding on his donkey. Next verse. So the next day he handed the innkeeper. He handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, "Take care of this man. If his bill runs high than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here." Next verse. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor To this man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. 37, and the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, you now go and do the same. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. The first thing here is the fact that a Jewish man was traveling. Let me tell you something. Life is a journey. And as we travel, you've taken trips before. As we travel, things happen as you travel. Sometimes you may have a flat tire. Some people, the engine kaput on a, long, on a road trip. A lot of things will happen in the journey of life. When things happen, you better have people to help you, to carry you and see you through. Look... <laughs> If I tell you my Nigeria stories, you will laugh and you'll be weeping. I'm telling the honest truth. There was a time, you know, I had this car, my Audi. Yeah, that, Audi. That's the car I used to toast my wife. And I never visited her during the day. I only go at night. <coughs> only at night. You know why? Because the engine is smoking. And the vent, you would think it's AC that is oozing out. No, it's smoke from the engine. You know, so she will always cough at night. I said, what's that? I said, nothing. Just wind down and get some fresh air. You know, so one night I was traveling. I was traveling. It was a long trip, long trip. For those of you that are familiar with Nigeria, I was coming from Kano to Lagos. I didn't know... That my whatever was leaking, I know petrol. There's no gas. You have to. I mean, it's crazy. Anyway, all my reserve. So I planned the trip. I bought all the gas that I needed. I put them in cans. You know that as it's running out, I'm going to be filling it as it's running out. I was in the middle of nowhere and I was out of gas. But God sent an angel. Listen. Allow God to use you. Some people have said an angel came to help them. It was a human being that had compassion in their heart. The fact that you never saw them again does not make them spirits. Can God count on you to reach out and touch and help somebody else out of their dire situation? They say, oh, I have my own problems. I know, and we all do. You know, uh, (laughs) last December, we were going to Dubai. We got to Paris, and they said I couldn't go to Dubai. That my passport was uh, five months to expiration, and it has to be six months and over for you to be able to go to Dubai. So guess what? I was wrong. I'm in jeopardy. So I told my family, I said, you go. i give you the credit card. I will head on back home. They said no. And we began to pray. (laughs) And we prayed. You know what happened? God touched somebody. And with a heart of compassion, he said, well, you know what? I'm just going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. And we got to Dubai, there was no problem. Yeah. You need people. Remember, the scripture says, whatsoever a man sows, that also will hear him. If you have not been there for anybody, I won't say it. You can complete the statement. Number two, you had Jews and Samaritans in this picture. The Bible says a priest, you can liken the priest to a pastor. A priest walked by this man that is naked and bleeding. Maybe he has a preaching engagement. He left the man bleeding and left him to die. And then a worker came by the same way the worker saw him, said, well, if pastor can, <laughs> me too, I must. Left him there bleeding to die. You know, they, they had religious laws, you touch blood and all this, you can't go to the temple, you can't do this. You can't. It was all a selfish idea. My wife is my witness. There was one day, we were having a festival of life. As I, and it happened this year. As I was getting ready, I dressed up, ready to come to church for prayers, for festival of life. Then I got a phone call that somebody was in distress. Guess what I did? I went to see the person in distress. I went to see the person in distress. I attended to them, I attended to their needs, I attended to their pains, and then I came to church. Church is not going anywhere. Church was still there when I got here. In fact, I even got there before, got here before a lot of people. Friends, you have to weigh in your heart what is important, you have to learn prioritization. A moment to help somebody in need will not destroy all your life plan and ambition. A moment to stop and just look at somebody in the face, in the eye, face to face, and say, how may I serve you? How may I be of assistance to you? A lot of people have not even walked closely in anybody's face to know what their face looks like. You know, you know you're in the mall, those people that will smile at you. I'm like, what the heck? Stop that! Who is making you smile? Is it by force? If you don't want to smile, don't smile. It's almost like their facial muscles are twitching. Watch this. The Jews, they took action, but they took the wrong action. If you know anything about Jews and Samaritans, they, the Jews saw the, Samari, saw the Samaritans as half-breed. They see them as impure breed. If you are a dog lover, well, back in the day, I don't know how they do it now. Back in the day, people loved thoroughbred, thoroughbred dogs. You know, but now you have all kinds of mongrels. You know, you you can't even trace the family history anymore. They have mixed all kinds of things in the dog. You don't even know what. So what do we call this mongrel? So it was more like a slight on the Samaritans. They call them half-breeds. So they are impure. So when you put yourself in this picture a jew is the one in need now not a samaritan a jew is in crisis a fellow jew comes by and did help him i have a similar story my experience you know growing up you know we were five my mom was a widow my dad died when i was 10 I've told you about my sister. My sister is a mother to me. She raised me, helped me in every which way you can imagine. But you can't take everything home, you know? So there were days, Pastor Cole, days I was hungry. Days. Days. Hungry. No food, no money, nothing. I just stayed there. If I When the hunger is too much, I'll just not go to class. I'll be sleeping. But I had a friend. I had a friend. In my class, I I was not born again. In my class back then, we had Christians. You know, they had uh, this fellowship, that fellowship, and all of these things. But it was, everybody was siloed. You know, the Christians were separate, and the rest of us were on the other side. But this my friend, he will come to me let's go eat <laughs> i will crack some some of you up uh, there, there's a there's a, a a bucateria is that english it's english Buka, buca, bucateria is english okay yeah? cafeteria no this one is buca <laughs> so it's a <laughs> Watch. Okay. Okay. Let me explain. Let me explain. It's a local cafeteria. You know, like uh, in the slum, uh, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> anyway, but there was this one that was very popular in the back in those days, in my city. No streets. So, this my friend will come. And he'll say, Koye, let's go eat. I said, no, I'm fine. Two days, no food. I say, I'm fine. Because man, you still have to maintain <laughs> your personal respect. Otherwise, you say this one that is always begging for food. You know, so I will rather hold it and weekend I go home. I know my, my mom will take care of me when I get home. You know, but this boy, without fail, there's no time I told him no, that he let it, let me slide he made it a personal mission and vision of his to get me to eat. So at least twice a week, it would take me to go eat. Guess what? It was a Muslim. All the Christians in my class didn't even know my pain. Talkless of helping me with my pain. You know, as I was preparing... It then dawned on me. It's the same thing happening now. That is why people that don't know Jesus can think we that are in church, we are looking, our nose in the air, looking down at them. How many of us here have a friend that is not a Christian? Many of us, the only people we deal with in fact, forget this Christian, only our church members. If they're not in your church, they are your enemy. No, the world is, is a big world, it's an amazing world that God has created with diversity, with all kinds of stuff. Reach out and touch, be a blessing, show compassion, show hospitality, be kind. Be gentle, show love to somebody outside of yourself. You know, I'm going to, let's just bring this to a close now. There's a scripture, I was teaching the Discovery Membership class today and I was telling them about this. The first time this scripture struck me, I was like, whoa, whoa. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Ephesians 4 28. The Bible says, if you are a thief, quit stealing. That's good. That's good advice. Yeah? If you are a thief, stop stealing. Instead, watch this. Watch this. Don't miss this. Use your hands for good, hard work and then give generously others in need. When you read this in the Old King James, the sense in which it is written is almost as if the reason you are working is to help others for their needs to be taken care of. Don't make life all about yourself. It's a terrible way to live. I will get all I can I will put it in a can and then I will sit on the can. What a miserable life. What a miserable life. Imagine all the riches in the world and you are alone. you have servants that you can order around you have a butler, you have this, you have a chauffeur, you have, you have everything but you are alone nobody is doing life with you. very quickly you will realize that money and wealth does not bring wealth. Uh, It does not bring joy. It doesn't bring joy. What is the use of all the money you have accumulated in the bank and there's people all around you suffering? I think it just excites some people to look at their bank account and go, wow, wow, wow. (laughs) Only me, wow. Just me, wow. All this money, wow. You know why? Poverty mentality. What makes a person poor is not their bank account. It's their mindset. You can have, clap if you want to clap. That's okay. It's not lack of money that makes you poor. And you know what I found out? People that don't have a lot Generally, when you look at relative, you know, relativity, they seem to give more. They seem to give more. Because the meager, the little they have. Imagine the widow, uh, the, 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 what's that woman? The widow's mite. The widow's mite. The Bible says she gave all that she had. Sometimes $5 is more valuable than $5,000. I want to encourage you as we conclude. The Bible says in Isaiah 63, 9 and the sermon notes is online. You can, there's a, I've skipped a lot of things. Isaiah 63, 9. The Bible says in all their suffering, he also suffered. It's talking about Jesus. He personally rescued them. You see that? In all their suffering, he also suffered. He's laying out an example for us. If your brother is in pain, if your sister is struggling, lean in. Lean in and make a difference lean in you may not be the one that will solve all of their problems, but solve a problem this week i want you to think about that scripture and galatians 6 2 also says share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of christ share what each other's burdens don't say that's not my business Share each other's burden. We're building a case about building bridges. Last week we talked about forgiveness. Today we're talking about reach out and touch. There is somebody that you can make a difference in their life. There is somebody I can make a difference in their lives. Reach out, touch someone with compassion this week. Build a bridge. Please rise up, let us pray. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.